Alrighty, welcome to another Root Issues. I'm Chris, and I'm here today in the studio with Luke. Yes, sir. And we're going to jump in. Um, wow, Derek took us to a new level of teaching on Sunday. It was a roller coaster. Yeah, it was a roller coaster, yeah. yeah. And um, and so, yeah, and so he is, this is part two of the understudy. Mm-hmm. And we discussed that last week, like what does an understudy do? Yeah. An understudy studies the part that he could get if the main part breaks his leg. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case for us. The case for us is we are to be understudies of Christ, understudies of how does he engage people, how does he live his life when he was here on the earth. And that's, that's what the four Gospels teach us. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the epistles teach us, how to be like Christ. And I always like to look at it this way, how to be in relationship with God while we live here because that's really what Jesus taught us. And so the understudy, part one, great message. Now we're in the understudy, part two. Mm -hmm. And we're going to jump in. Um, Derek brought us and dove us into the doctrines of secular humanism. And those are some really big words, doctrine, secular Humanism. Yeah. And so I'm going to throw it to Lou because, man, this is where the young people live. I mean, I see it in my own kids. I see it in the kids that I, like, you know, you know, work with as a youth pastor. But secular humanism is driving the culture. Mm-hmm. And so, Luke, jump in. Yeah, Talk to us about it. You kind of broke it down into these four points, so I guess we'll just go over kind of those. So the first one is rationalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's something we all struggle with, right, is like, I got this. I can do this. Oh, I yeah. don't need help. Dude, I mean, he was teaching to me. Like, yeah. that's why I'm like in such a physical wreck. Because <laughs> I got this. Yes, the arm hurts, but I don't need soldier surgery. I'm just going to do it out of my Power own through strength. Yeah. Power through. And, you know, it, it is possible for us to do things like that. And, Absolutely. And working, right? But, I mean, it's almost like a mindset like, yeah, like look at Elon Musk. He doesn't believe in God per se. And look at all the things yeah. he's done, right? He's done great. Awesome. Yeah, huge things. But you look at it like, okay, well, who created Elon Musk? Who made him? So mm-hmm. in that, from that perspective, like, obviously, it's not possible without God. Yes, right? absolutely. So there's that perspective. But then I think what he's really talking about is like, yeah, when we turn away from God, when we live in the world, mm-hmm. there's still things we are capable of doing, right? Yeah. We're not just losses of atoms, but it's almost like having a computer and disconnecting it from the internet when, yeah. when I think about it, right? Because the c- computer can still compute. It can still do things. Oh, yeah. It was still it still had the firmware from the internet that it downloaded and knows how to run itself. Mm-hmm. But it's not getting updates. It's getting older and older. It's going to decay and die, right? Yeah. And so without that connection, without the updates, obviously it's an analogy, so it's got its problems, but... <laughs> no, dude. I mean, that is like beautiful. Yeah. Like that connection. So... And it's like that video that you always show next to you, right? The computer being unplugged from the power source. Yes. And I love yeah. that video. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think about when being, you know, I can do it on my own. It's just mm-hmm. we decay. Yeah. And we decay. Yeah. It's and, not and, and that is like this overall arching, like this is the definition of rationalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is the world and the culture saying, disconnect yourself from God, the source of life, and you can do it. You are God. You are God. You yeah. are powerful enough to do it. You can solve your own problems. And I mean, like Derek, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it in the root issue so many times. Like that is like one of the biggest cultural lies oh, for sure. that you, we are our best answer. Mm-hmm. Face a pandemic, we'll know what to do. We'll wear masks and we'll make vaccinations and we'll get 
get vaccinated and everything will go okay. Mm -hmm. But no crying out to God, no looking at the sign of the times of like what is happening in our culture when we say we're our best answer. And I mean, that's what I think the younger generation is fed the most. Yep. And there's this lack of dependence on God in mm-hmm. rationalism. And, I mean, I'm here to say, like, you may not know, like, my situation, but, like, yeah, I tore my rotator cuff and ripped my bicep apart in March. But I didn't get surgery till August. Yeah. And then it was really hard for them to find all the things that connect to the bicep because they had retreated up under the scapula. And so, you know, no orthoscopic surgery for Chris. Let's <laughs> cut him wide open because we can't <laughs> find what we're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, but that was me, like, oh, I can push through this. And, oh, you know, it hurts, but it's okay. I'm sure it'll get better next week, Mm -hmm. you know. And then, like, you know, man, our rationalism, like, we can just keep our head down and not pay attention to the signs. And that's another misconception, too, is, like, people like, okay, God can heal me. I don't need anybody else, right? Totally. But God created people that know that he he gave us the knowledge of medicine right knowledge of medicine the gift and i mean I, I'll, I'll say that yeah like i'm hanging out there like god just heal this i don't have time for surgery mm-hmm. and maybe god is saying like hey chris slow down yep and i, and I still haven't slowed down and then, then that's what led to the deception that led me to a meniscus root tear mm-hmm. so now i'm waiting another surgery that does bring us to the third point actually yes. which is immediatism however yes. you say that word yeah it's like we want everything now yeah Right. We want it now. The Amazon Prime mentality. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed, like, on Amazon Prime, there's no two-day shipping anymore? No, it's not three-day or two-day anymore. It's like, hey, we're we're at a week, and so just count it good. And, Very you know, and then you're like, but but I'm paying for this service. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I paid extra for the Prime account, not so that I could watch Amazon Prime video. Yeah. That's a bonus. I paid so that I'm a Prime member, and yeah. I can get it in two days. Okay, well, now I get it in seven days. So what's everybody else waiting for? Mm-hmm. Two weeks? Like, yeah. if you're not a Prime member? Yeah, it's interesting. Immediatism. I mean, like, yeah. And, I mean, we, we could talk about that culturally because, like, people in my culture, oh, when I grew up, like, ah, if Don Henley came out with a new album, I had to wait till that album hit the CD store. Mm-hmm. And then I had to physically go to the store and buy the CD to listen to the entire album. Yep. And now, what do you mean it's not on Spotify? Mm-hmm. What do you mean this artist does not support Spotify? I just have to go watch them on YouTube. Yeah, I gotta go watch it on YouTube because somebody's <laughs> gonna pirate it, and then I have the technology to pirate immediately and download it and rip it into an MP3 and then put it in my playlist. Yeah, and so yeah, immediatism. <laughs> like, there's no patience. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I you know I looked at my daughter the other night. I love her to death, but I was like, you need patience. I, I don't have any patience. I'm like, no, the Lord God gives you patience through the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But she can admit, like, no, patience really isn't her thing. And it's not something that she's driving for because everything in culture is saying, you don't need patience. Just go for it. Do it right now. All the information we ever could think of, right, we get it right now. Yeah. And so the times have changed where we get information immediately, but God hasn't changed, right? So God's response sometimes is still, could be years, right? Could be years. (laughs) Could be years that you pray for something or could be years to where you can fully understand his peace in that. I I was hanging out with a friend the other day and, you know, I was using some of my negotiating skills and I labeled him. I was like, seems like you're very frustrated. I'm not frustrated. I'm like, dude, everything about your tone is frustrated. No, no, I don't deal with frustration. And I'm like, do you have peace? He's like, 
no, I'm not at peace. I'm like, then you're frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and it's like, you know, just negotiating him down. Like you're going to have to accept some of the labels that you're presenting. And so, yeah, immediatism. We want it now. We need it fixed now. We need immediate, Cure. like, yeah. so we we can bridge the generational gap. Do you know what Britannica is? Some sort of dictionary, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dictionary. They do make dictionaries, but okay. Britannica really knew their name as, I'm going to use another word. Do you know what a set of encyclopedias is? Lots of paper. Lots of paper. <laughs> Good for fires. Uh-huh. Good for fires because, you know, they would make new sets of encyclopedias maybe every two years, maybe every three years. Mm-hmm. Some of them might make it every year, you know, especially as things were changing. But an encyc- a set of encyclopedias is that's where you went to get your information. Yeah. So if I wanted to learn about volcanoes – and my family hasn't bought a new set of encyclopedias. And I grew up in the inner city, so the school sure as heck wasn't buying new sets of encyclopedias. The only information that I could gather to write a paper about volcanoes was from whatever set of encyclopedias I had access to. Okay. So it might yeah. be a little outdated. Might be outdated, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I, I mean, I grew up poor, but yet my family you know, believed in the value of having a set of encyclopedias in our home. And so, you know, encyclopedia salesmen used to go door by door, doorbell, knock on the door and sell the encyclopedia. Because guess what? There was no internet for us to go, hey, let's go order a set of encyclopedias. (laughs) You know, like, how do you find them? Well, Mm -hmm. you might find a mail order tab in a magazine. Yeah. Or you had to wait till a doorman came and sold them and so yeah and so there's this cultural gap now like i think i would long for my children to know what a set of encyclopedia is mm-hmm. because it took effort it, it, it was a journey to get the yeah, answer right? like, yeah like i had to go find the volume v where's volume v i think i saw it in so-and-so's room okay then now i gotta turn the pages and i gotta figure out how to spell volcano mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, instead of like auto spell correcting it, because that's another immediate thing. Like my spelling can be corrected immediately. Mm -hmm. I was writing something and helping my daughter with her homework. And she's like, I'm like, what would, what would Miss Mueller want next? Oh, for me to run it through Grammarly. Boop. I pull up Grammarly. You're like, yes, you know, your daddy's a subscriber of Grammarly because he doesn't know how to write grammatically. You know, we run it through. You know, it's going to be crazy in that the other day. I was like looking at doing essays uh-huh. and I just give these prompts to an yeah. AI and it does the whole thing for you. Yeah. Totally. And like it, you don't, you don't have to write anything. It makes its own unique essay. It's insane. Yes. So everything, it's becoming more and more instant, right? Immediate, we, immediate, yeah. immediate with less thought. Now, what is that training us for? It's training us away from so much as far as how God works in his people. Mm-hmm. Another one that Derek threw out there was like you, you brought up Amazon prime and immediacy, but, you know, doctrines of secular humanism, we've got rationalism, we've got immediatism, and then we've got materialism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does materialism, you know, in human secularism, and it's an ism, so therefore it's kind of like a religion, yeah. but how does that affect your culture, your age group of people, when they think about, like, if I just had this? Yep. No, I've learned that through, I mean, this is one of the things I think I struggle the most with yeah. still to this day. Okay. Like, 
because like I have drawing books when I was younger, right? And I would mm-hmm. draw, I would draw pretty much a picture of me and all the things that I really wanted around me. Like I was yes. on the skateboard with the camera. I was Casey Neistat, had all this crazy computer stuff, right? Yeah. And I look at myself now, I'm like, I have all that and more, right? But I still want more. Yeah. So it just keeps, it's kind of like a sickness where you, you know you want the thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'll be happy it. when I have it. But then it just keeps, like, you have it. Like, oh, now there's the next thing, right? So it's like, it's a constant treadmill. You're never going to get yeah. off it. Um, and I think a big thing that our generation also looks for is uh-huh. experiences, right? The yes. Big, oh, the experiences and mm-hmm. the FOMO of not having those experiences is mm-hmm. a huge thing. So I think that almost can almost tie into materialism. Yeah. Because for a lot of those experiences, you need material things in a sense or money, right? Yeah, totally. To do those things. So or a way to access it. Like yeah. even you may be having friends who have a lot of money and they give you their old stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. you know, yeah. like I'm like, I'm looking at one of my middle school leaders. Yes. Luke Tornare teaches on Sunday school. We were trying to get the middle school kids to memorize and know by heart the books of the Bible. And oh my gosh, like this is like, know the books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Je- I mean, you know, know the books. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, nah. Well, some of them were pretty good. Well, but. some of them were, you know, but it's like, and then that Shout resolved totally in, you know, discipleship yeah. from the parents. Like, hey, I think it's important that you know the books of the Bible. I mean, it's the Bible, it's the book that you're basing your whole life on. Mm-hmm. But Luke, who has so many extra GoPros, motivated the middle school students with materialism. Like, hey, if you learn the books of the Bible, everybody gets a free GoPro. <laughs> Not everybody, the people that knew it. The people that knew it, yeah. Like, not everybody's a winner. Like, if you're still struggling over first and second, first Samuel. Oh, no, not third Samuel, second Samuel. You know, (laughs) one after two. You know, but, but yeah, and so it created a buzz in the middle school youth group on Sunday. Like, you know, who's going to get the GoPros? Because they, they took it to heart, but we had to negate and negotiate within their world of materialism. Mm-hmm. Like, why should I learn the books of the Bible? So that I get a free GoPro. Okay, as a parent, like, I'm happy that you know the books of the Bible. <laughs> I'm not happy that you had to be motivated so that you could get a GoPro. Yeah. You know. And I mean, Samuel was using his the other day at Woodward Skate Park. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> I haven't seen the footage. I was taking stills and videos. But, yeah. so materialism, it's this thing that drives us. And then finally, this is my area productivity okay so now where is the cultural gap like in productivity Mm, i think (laughs) i think a lot of our generation is not productive at all in my opinion okay (laughs) um so i think it may be something we're lacking because i think productivity Uh, on its own is not bad right it's in moderation it's good so if you have productivity and rest in combination with each other it's a beautiful thing yeah when you only have productivity you become essentially like a robot that Mm -hmm. has a checklist that he goes through and Mm -hmm. it just you know, not great. No, totally. <laughs> and I mean, I, I fall slave to that because I'm a producer. Yeah. I produce things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, do I know how to sit still? No. I mean, it takes a surgery and like, you know, like, oh, if you move, you're going to hurt. Okay, I'll just stay in the recliner. <laughs> Somebody bring me food, <laughs> you know. But I'm like, no, I'm always producing. I'm always going, you know. And like when Derek talked about this on Sunday, I was like, Ah, cringe, you know, yeah. like I can be in a standing meeting with them here at the office and be like, all right, guys, hey, I think we beat this horse dead. I got to go. I got things to do. I, I'm busy, yeah. you know, like knowing how to rest. And so, I mean, honestly, like, yeah, like yesterday, like after digging into Derek's message, I'm like, okay, we got two hours before my next thing I got to produce. 
I'm just going to read. Whoa. Like, I usually listen to books first, mm-hmm. and I listen while I'm producing something. <laughs> I'm moving tables. I'm putting out tablecloths or chairs, you know. And then I'm like, wow, that book really impacted me. And so then I add it to my reading list and my nightly reads before I go to sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, ah, I've got this sickness. And, and, I mean, you know, my daughter's like it. She's a heavy producer, but she also gets, like, I, I, I stumble upon her having a quiet time more than I have quiet time. Yeah. I'm like, dude, she's getting something, and I don't know where she's getting it from, you know, because I'm like, oh, no, I'm working for God. Like, that was even some of my thoughts today as I was journaling from my, my meditation, my reading, you know, was like, God, like, I don't want to just work for you. I want to know you. Mm. I want to be in relationship with you. But there's such a push of productivity. Yeah. You know, like get your value from what you do. No, I mean, that's happened to me this morning. I was camping, right? And yeah. I was still like, I was going to, when a bunch of bed, I was like, I'm going to read my Bible when I wake up. Yeah. I woke up, I was like, oh, I got to check the time lapse. And I had all these cameras going, filming all the fall leaves, right? So I never got to reading the Bible because yeah. I was doing all these different things. Yeah. But you were glorifying God in the changing colors of the <laughs> that leaves, right? That was my right? excuse yeah. in my that head, yeah. That was your <laughs> excuse yeah, in your head. And I mean, you know, we, we fall into that. And so as we as we transition here, because those are the four kind of things that Derek brought up that's really pushing culture and sexual um, and, um, secular humanism is, you know, monetary, you know, you know, you got to have things. You got you got to be productive. You got to have it now. But I think for the young generation, for productivity, just real quick, is like yeah, they have a productivity to always be entertained, right? Absolutely, so they'll have their TV going. They're on Snapchat, yeah, and then they're doing their homework on the side, right? Yeah, so it's always be entertained, and they're productive in that. They always have something. And I mean, and I can by. resonate that, like as a you know middle school youth pastor, high school. Well. <laughs> We we lit that on fire because we just we were just wanting to have fun, you know. Like you got to be entertained. It's got to be fun. It's got to be entertaining. I'm like, why are you lighting things on fire in the alley? <laughs> we live in Aspen, Colorado, and we're under a red flag fire warning because it was fun and and there's so much hand sanitizer in the church. I'm like, yes, that's because of COVID. I keep throwing it away, and then somebody takes it out of the trash, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, and so now I got middle school kids like lighting that on fire, and so there. Derek took us to a place that I think everybody needs to go to. You know, Derek is super hyped right now. This is where he's living is just on spiritual disciplines because we've lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've lost it because of the culture and the way it's driving. And we've forgotten as parents how to pass that on to our children. You know, and that's where I'm like amazed at my children. Like they see what my wife does. They see what I do. We haven't really taught them, and I think we need to be more intentional in that. They're in our family creed of what we, the Hendersons, believe, mm-hmm. but it's spiritual disciplines. And so Derek brought us into four spiritual disciplines this Sunday. He brought us into Bible study. He brought us into solitude. He brought us into meditation, and he brought us into fasting. Now, I know my brother Derek. Fasting's not one of his main things. <laughs> that man burns calories just breathing like he's like still 13 like he's always skinny he's like i want to beef up but i can't beef up and i'm like how many calories are you taking in today he's like you know like eighteen thousand. i'm like what I'm like if i did that i'd just be like blah <laughs> you know and so so let's talk about bible study where did where, what's what's the cultural view like within youth today on bible study yeah i think it's not so much more like sitting around a circle and talking about the word of god it's uh-huh. more of watching someone that apparently has read the word of God multiple mm-hmm. times 
with the worship band behind them yeah. jumping around on the stage and getting hyped up. Right? Yeah. So like moment momentary, like entertainment again, right? There have it's to be entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. And so I think Bible study is like one of the places I've learned the most things. Right? Yes. Cause you're in community. So that's mm-hmm. one thing you're praying. There's nothing. So like Bible study encompasses so many, so of the many spiritual different. gifts and so many of the things that are on that list. Yeah, so totally. So, so important. And so like, you know, like, you know, because I mean, it's like, you know, like when do we just study the Bible? You know, I mean, I'm more prone to um, read this book or read that book. And then I got a good buddy, Brent Phillips. He's like, brew, don't read anything unless it makes you more hungry for God's word. And you're like, whoa, that is mind blowing. Like, I'm only going to read this book because it's going to make me more hungry for God's word. And, you know, and so I kind of keep that quote in my head always. Like, I'm listening to this book on Audible or I'm reading this book, not because I want to be entertained. I mean, I do believe in reading fiction. When we go to the beach, I'm going to read fiction. You know, maybe I'm not so spiritual. But if I read a book that's like talking about, totalitarianism and how the world's changing in America. I want it to make me crave what does God's word say? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I how do I live as a follower of Christ? And so that it makes me more hungry, like, oh, I need to take scripture in. That's cool. So like the, the discipleship book that I'm reading right now is like just on these meditations, but it's meditating on God's word. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, that that filled me today. I could journal for an hour and feel like I, I was productive. And it's going to help me be a better youth pastor. It's going to help me put together my lesson for Wednesday night and Sunday morning faster because I'm more in tune with God. Mm-hmm. And so Bible study, yeah, I agree. Like you get together with Bible studies, like well, you, you can't not just start reading in Scripture without praying first. <laughs> so you're praying, you know. Um, another, another, Bible, another discipline that he brought up was solitude. And at this one, I'm like, I know culturally. Like, come on, like that, no, no iPhone, no TikTok, no, no Spotify, no Instagram, like solitude. So what's your take on solitude as a spiritual discipline? Yeah, I think it's lost in this culture. Uh Just looking at myself, right? I consider myself someone that believes in God's word. And the last time I remember having solitude was at a Young Life camp when they Mm -hmm. have the 30 minutes of solitude, right? That's like nothing. Well, actually, it's only 10 minutes. (laughs) Well, the one we went to was 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I went a little deeper on that one. (laughs) But, like, you know, for normal Young Life camp, yeah, there's this moment after so much of the gospel has been presented where, Mm -hmm. boom, the lights go off at camp, it's dark, and you're encouraged to go be quiet, like leave the club room in silence, which yeah. is crazy. Like, how do you get 450 kids to leave a building in silence? Somehow they do it, yeah, you know, because crazy. there's this honor that's given. And, and and I think kids, like, really find out, like, wow, that was gift to just be silent yeah, and to go and think about God, to look at the night sky. I mean, I've heard kids, like, who came to Christ at that moment because they were like, God, give me a sign. I need to know that you're real. I'm at this camp. They're talking about it. I'm, I'm alone. I, I'm just with my thoughts. Like, God, I need to know. And I had one kid who said he looked into the night sky and he saw not a single star. As if maybe like noise, light pollution was killing all the stars. And then he was like, God, I need to know you're real. And he looked back up and he saw the heavens. He saw so many stars. Oh, that's cool. You know, and he's like, and that was the moment, Chris. That was the moment I started my journey with Christ. Wow. You know, and so yeah, solitude's lost because we're always in front of a screen. I mean, 
you know, can you be in solitude and study? Yes, you know, but can you be in solitude and study on your iPad Pro, sponsored by me, <laughs> you know, like that I use with notifications? Like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm totally solitude. So I've got all my notifications for the most part, like, you know, just, okay, turn them all off. I'm, I'm just doing my meditations because it's on a digital format so that I can write on it and I don't have loss of space. I, I like to write. And so, yeah, solitude, I think, yeah, like, you know, take away the TikToks, take away the Instagram. You know, I have a little nook under my stairs. It's like a Harry Potter office, you know, and boom, mm-hmm. I'm in solitude. Yeah, and Jesus portrayed this perfectly, right? Absolutely. Going into the wilderness for, what, mm-hmm. 40 days. That's the extreme of it. Um, yeah, but and, yeah, always <laughs> up early in the morning in solitude. Yeah. People are looking for like, hey, dude, where'd you go? I was praying with God. I was hanging out with my dad. Like, no, 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 no. There's tons of people that need to be healed. Come. Yeah. It's a priority. Okay. We should make a priority. Okay. And so let, let's talk about meditation because that becomes very new agey. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it's stolen from yeah. Christianity. <laughs> you know, like, well, how how would you define meditation? I mean, you know, you're probably going to put solitude into that, but now you're in solitude with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this culture has corrupted meditation, obviously, just yeah. in the way of, like, you're meditating for, I don't know, yourself almost. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I don't know a crazy amount about meditation, but I know it's a big thing. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> like, one of the main principles of meditation is, like, you empty yourself, mm-hmm. you know. But the the Christian belief in meditation is you are creating a time and space for God to fill yourself with him, okay. with his word. So you can meditate on his word. You can meditate in prayer. You can meditate in solitude, you know, because it's kind of hard to meditate. Like if you're in a group of a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're going to be like, you know, well, what do you think? I'm meditating. <laughs> like, no, no, you're in the group. So what do you think? No, I'm meditating. So it kind of loses its point and it's punch there. But this, this discipline of meditating, like how long have you really ever thought about John three sixteen? Yeah. And then if you thought about it and meditated it long enough to say, ah, John 3.16 came in a conversation that Jesus was having with Nicodemus, one of the Pharisee leaders. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, Nicodemus came to know Jesus was the Savior to where Nicodemus shows up at the cross to help take Jesus' body to the tomb. Yeah, I'm like, he's there. He's still there. We didn't lose him. We lost him through the rest of the gospel. You know, and I mean, you know, but, you know, like, wow, do you really think about John three sixteen and understand, okay, what was the context? Like, we hear it, we see it on poster boards, and we're like, oh, that's the verse that God says he loves the whole world and that Jesus was brought here to die for us so that we may have a relationship with God, but what's the context? And so I think meditation can be like studying a scripture. Meditation can be on prayer. Okay. But I mean, like, you know, so when you think about it, it's like you are allowing God to fill you with his word, his spirit, his thoughts, his wisdom. Yep. So, you know, when we get back into rationalism, well, you don't need God. You're your best answer. Mm-hmm. But meditation replaces that rationalism and says, no, I need God to fill me up. Okay. So when's the last time you allowed God to fill you up? And how do you think that really resonates within your culture and within your age group? Yeah. Um, I mean, I try every morning to read the word, right? Yeah. And then just kind of think on it. But it, it usually doesn't last long. Cause I'm like, oh, didn't hear anything. I'm going to go yeah. on with my day. Yeah. So I think it's, I think all these things, 
they need to work together. Absolutely. Right? So it's it's a combination of learning about the word and studying the word and uh-huh. thinking about the word. And so I think we take ask parts of the things, the mm-hmm. parts of those, but the, we, we, if we don't take all those, like a yeah. big part of the impact is gone. Yeah. Um, and so as far as like what other people, like our culture, I think, yeah, like you talked about meditation, they're trying not to think when they meditate. Yes, when, they're trying to shut everything down yeah. to quietness. When I guess what you're saying, the flip side of that is we should be letting God talk to us and almost thinking about what he's t- telling us. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of the opposite. Almost. Yeah. I mean, so. he's filling us with the knowledge and the wisdom that we have for the day. Mm-hmm. Like you could start every morning with meditation saying, hey, God, what, what do you have for me today? What's my to-do list? Mm-hmm. And allow God to direct that, you know. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, my wife, like my wife's biggest request for me is to be sweet. And I'm like, I wasn't sweet when you met me. I wasn't born <laughs> sweet. I've never really been sweet in my life. I'm a rough, harsh man, you know, prone to violence. You know? <laughs> and, you know, but I'm like, I, once upon a time I had a, I had a mantra, that thing that I'd said over, be sweet to your wife, be sweet to your family. And then that upset her. Like, you need a mantra to be sweet to us? And I'm like, yes, because I'm not sweet. But as I meditate on being sweet, I'm asking God, like, show me how to be sweet. Show me how to be soft-spoken. Show me how to always encourage my wife and take her side, you know. And and so, yeah, and so it's meditating on God fill me up with sweetness so I have it. Mm-hmm. All right, so the last spiritual discipline that Derek brought up was fasting. Yeah. So let's just throw that out there. I mean, I mean it's not a judgment statement. How, how long have you fasted? I think a day. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So in a day with no food, water only, right? Yeah. Okay, because some are going to say like, oh, biblical fasting, you know, in is just water, no food. Mm-hmm. You know, and today we see culturally like, you know, you can fast from technology. You can fast from social media. And, and I'm not here to say that those aren't fast because when I do say that, like, what's the longest you've gone without checking a social media thread? Probably a week. Okay. And, yeah. and and what did you find in that week? Um, a lot more, you know, just like community and caring about the people around you and not everyone that you are apparently friends with and caring about them more, but just being in the moment, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of clarity. a cliche answer to that. Yeah, clarity, yeah. right? You had clarity. You had social awareness of the people around you. You, you. you know, on a normal day, how often do you check the feed? A lot. A lot. I don't even can't even count how many times. Probably yeah. every ten minutes. You know, and I mean, you, you have to realize you're being programmed to do that. Yeah. You know, because you're always expecting something new, mm-hmm. which then you know is immediatism. Like what? Nobody has posted. I f- I'm following 560 friends. I haven't checked Instagram in 30 minutes, and no one's posted a new. Oh, they'll picture. make sure there's always something there for you to see. This well, thing. yeah, no, they will. <laughs> they will. They will. But you know, but then you get all picky and like, no, 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 I only want to see my friends. Yeah. Oh, but hey, check out these pants. <laughs> I mean, it is scary, like the algorithm of like, oh, you were talking about like, yeah, I need to get some new jeans. I've kind of outgrown these because, you know, I'm not really doing anything because I'm like, I'm a wreck physically. <laughs> I'm gaining weight. And then, you know, you go to Instagram and you're like, oh, check out these new jeans that fit anybody's size. <laughs> you know, you're like, whoa, whoa, who told them? Yeah. Well, because they're listening in the algorithm. And so fasting, I think fasting is like, you know, it gets a negative name. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Derek talked about this on Sunday. He was like, dude, when you were in the spiritual disciplines, there is a joy that comes from the discipline. Yeah. A freedom in the discipline. There's benefits to it. Yeah, there's benefits. And and we forget that. You know, somebody says fasting, you're like, oh, no. No, when I fast, all I do is watch the Food Network and come up with new recipes. <laughs> so when my fast is done, I have all these new foods to try. But, but there is like you know, I mean, you know, my longest fast is running like you know, like around like seven days. That's like my typical fast time. I'm like, you know, a Monday to a Monday, you know, wow. and and it's just incredible, you know. I mean, you know, the headache from no sugar, no caffeine, and all the junk food that I eat, you know, that that. that that dissipates past day two, and then it's just like, boom, I'm on it, and I have so much clarity, and I have so much joy. And I think, you know, one of the things that I would want to land us here with is there is a sense of joy when we know we're doing what our Lord has asked us to do. Mm-hmm. And we get so lost in the culture, lost in this will gratify me, this will bring me joy that we forget to just honor what God has asked us to do. And so you pick any discipline, and it amplifies some part of your life. And then you're experiencing more joy because you're like, ah, I'm with God. And there's reward, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's that contrast. If you never have something hard, yeah, then you don't know what's easy, right? So yeah. cold showers, cold just, shower. like, just basic level, working out, all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard in the moment. But it has huge benefits, and same, same thing for the spiritual. Benefits, benefits, benefits. Like, I'm begging to work out, but I can't because my body is broken. Pray for me. But, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to this Root Issues, this midweek jolt. We just want to encourage you to pick a spiritual discipline, Bible study, solitude, meditation, fasting. You know, and they're, they're not in a hierarchy or order, and there's not one that's better than the other. They all complement each other, as Luke said. But pick something. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, man, it's been a really long time since I just bought a Bible study guide, and I'm just going to study the Bible by myself. And then maybe you get into that, and now you can invite some friends. Like, hey, once a week we should get together and lunch and just do a Bible study. Or we should just meet for coffee in the morning and do a Bible study. Like, no, seriously, nothing's on the table except the Bible study. Because you're going to find satisfaction. You're going to grow in the spiritual disciplines. Because the spiritual disciplines lead us to discipleship, and discipleship leads us closer to Christ. And when we're finding that, then we're saying, listen, there's more to the world than just all the immediate gratifications that are presenting itself. Any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think you wrapped it up perfectly there. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Root Issues. Hey, we would love to hear from you. Rootissues at ccaspen.com. Shoot us an email. Poke us with some questions. Challenge us. Make us think. Or even just tell us, hey, great job. No thanks so much. Yeah. What's that? No questions, a bad question. There are no bad questions. I'm like, I'm a middle school youth pastor. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm teaching on this, and somebody's like, what about dinosaurs? I'm like, I might have to get back to you on that. <laughs> that's for another root issues. Hey, thanks so much. Have a great week, and be blessed. <laughs>